Welcome back to another episode of The Scorer's Table. I'm William Robbins, joined, as always, by Julian McKee. It is a great time in the sports world at this moment, especially basketball. Extremely excited for this podcast. What is good, everybody? All right, because you know this episode is going to be fantastic. So you have oh, like this is going to be a good episode. Review. We haven't done this in like two weeks because we've both been, been been very busy in our respective lives. I've got like three weeks of school left. I'm I'm fucking hype. Yeah, we're 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 getting in the uh, Tufts area of school here, but we're gonna try to keep it semi regular here. Uh, especially because we got March Madness going on. We got the end of the NBA season. This is where everything starts to really heat up. Yeah, this so is, it's it's fantastic. It's fantastic. It's a it's a sports fan's dream. Yeah. So we're gonna be starting off talking about a topic that is all too fun: the future of the L.A. Lakers. So first of all, we already saw a glimpse into the future of the L.A. Lakers last night when my man Lance Stevenson. Put Jeff Green on skates on some Brooklyn shit. We are here, New York City. All right, we so are here, Lance, <laughs> make them dance. Ah, so, okay, so the Lakers get that out of my system. The Lakers <laughs> right this second are thirty-three and forty-one. They've already been eliminated uh, in the playoffs. They are. See, I mean, they're not making. They're not making the playoffs. They're not even close to making the playoffs. They're they're resting LeBron. They're shutting down some of their guys. Did you see the uh, news that came out the other day about LeBron saying, like, he should have been playing, like, the last six months because he was hurt? Well, he didn't say that, but the trainer <laughs> did. Trainer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you, you, you knew that was coming out. Yeah, did I see you knew that was coming out. shit yesterday. <laughs> now, now, I have some opinions about this Lakers team, their front office, their ownership, and everything else. All right, but let's, 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 start, let's start right off. And I can't believe I'm going to do this here. Okay. You can't blame LeBron for them missing the playoffs. Uh, I agree. I agree. If he misses, if he misses 19 games, it's, it's, I mean, their record with and without him, I don't have it in front of me, but I know that when he went out, they were like the fourth seed in the West. And when he came back, they were like the 10th seed. There's only so much you can put on him. And they and they've now lost like a few of their recent games, and they're no longer like, really. I mean, they're they're no longer obviously in contention. They've been eliminated, but they weren't in contention for a while. But that's just because they were also shutting down some of their other guys. They're three and seven in their last ten. But I mean, you look at their roster. Alex Caruso's playing like thirty minutes a game. He's, who is Alex Caruso? He looks like he just he looks like a dad. Like, yeah, there's no other way to play. <laughs> he, he's, he's been on their team a few years. I can't remember where he went to college, but I know he's like 25. He has been on them for a few years. He was actually decent enough in college. I believe he was like a second round pick, but but yeah. Like oh yeah, he, right, yeah, he he went he went to Texas A&M. Texas A&M. Okay. Okay. Okay, Alex Caruso, I see you. I see you. But that's that just shows like how but, but, but yeah, the I mean, of fitness here. And yeah, I will say a lot of it I will ha- uh, Lonzo Ball getting hurt really hurt them. Yeah, it did. As much as you hate Lonzo, Will, as much as you hate the I Ball hate, family. I do hate Lonzo. And, <laughs> but yeah, obvi- but I'm not going to take away that Lonzo getting hurt hurt them. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I, as one of the better defensive guards in the league. Yeah, no, my argument, my argument with Lonzo Ball is that he just shouldn't have been the second pick in the draft. Who uh, In that year in the draft, we're, we're already getting off topic here, but... <laughs> It's remember how good Lonzo was in. Watch some of his UCLA highlights. Well, I was never Lonzo high on him in fantastic. college either. I, Lonzo I was wasn't fantastic high on him in college, college either. His the vision he showed was extraordinary. Yeah, the but passing his... he showed. He wasn't even a bad shooter then. Lonzo yeah, but I never was liked dirty his jump in college. Shot. Lonzo was dirty in college. There was there was some speculation about him being the number one pick too. I there, don't, was, I don't, there were a few people who were saying that. There were a few I, people who were saying that. I never thought – I was never high on Lonzo coming out of the draft either. I didn't – I remember that for a little bit because the Celtics had the number one pick and we were interviewing a bunch of people. And I remember we interviewed him and I was like, oh, God, I really don't want him. And this is before I even knew anything about his dad. I just didn't love him as a player out of, out of college too much. But, but we're getting off topic here. I want to talk about their coaching situation to start off. Okay. Luke Wallen. He had a good year last year. He had a bad year this year. And it pains me to say this because I do not believe that this is Luke Wallen's fault. Uh-huh. 
I do not think this is Luke Walton's fault. I, I think agree. I think that Luke Walton is actually a like a pretty good head coach. He's 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 at least he's at least average. He's above and, average. He's an above average head coach. I I steadfastly believe this. And, and he's and not. Just, is he even forty? Luke Walton. I'm not actually sure how old he is. I believe he's a. I mean, he was he was in LeBron's draft year. So <laughs> yeah, Luke Walton. Luke Walton That's is thirty eight. Luke well, yeah, 38. He, he's young and he's only getting better. He had a really good year last year. I think yeah, he was, I just, he underrated I don't, him. He had that team playing hard, playing some defense. Yeah, he I don't, was, I don't yeah. think that this this year is really on him. I mean, there's been a total circus going on around him. And there's only so much that you can pin on him. But I think that they do need to fire him. I agree. I and not just because there's no coming back from the situation they're in, which again isn't his fault, but it's just the unfortunate reality. Yeah, I, I completely agree. There's just too much history there in that relationship. Sometimes I mean, it's like a couple, like one like cheats on the other, the other cheats on the other, I mean, and I mean, you know remember, they get back remember, together and everything's Luke nice. Walton, but Luke there's just Walton, so much bad history. You gotta yeah. just move on, you know. Luke Walton wasn't Magic or Palinka's choice to coach, and he yes. wasn't LeBron's choice to coach. I think those are both good things, but unfortunately, so, they're also problems. <laughs> so unfortunately, those are a problem for him. But I, I look, I look at the situation. I do. I hope he gets another job. I hope he at least gets like a like a a good assistant coaching job. We have not seen the last of Luke Walton. I'll be but, really mad if he has to take a college job. Yeah, I'll I be just, really mad. I hope I we've seen for his sake too. I hope we've seen the last of him in L.A. A Michael Jordan said supposedly the report is that. Michael Jordan is a big Walton fan. And they, they just, him they as just hired Borrega. I don't see that. You think Michael MJ is unpredictable as an owner. I know. MJ has good. meddled a lot in the front office. He didn't he veto a trade that would have sent uh, Kaminsky to the Celtics for a no, few no, no. The, the the draft pick that became Kaminsky, because we oh, yeah. draft Winslow and he turned down uh four draft picks, and I believe two <laughs> of which were Brooklyn Nets picks. <laughs> So, and he, I know he also turned down two picks for the Malik Monk pick. The team didn't that, want to draft Vonley? Monk, but they wanted the pick. Was that Vonley? I'm oh, sorry, sorry, it was Vonley. It was Vonley, not Monk. I'm sorry. Oh, he wanted Monk, though. Great, fantastic decision by yeah. FJ, though. Getting Monk, you know what I'm saying? My man, Malik Monk, shouts out to Monk. Come to Brooklyn. We need you in Brooklyn. Anyway, anyway, I think he's a terrible fit in Brooklyn. I don't think he's a good you... player to begin with. But... Oh, oh, shut up. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, let's anyway. stay on the Lakers. Let's stay on the Lakers. That, um... um uh, Walton is a is a fit maybe in Minnesota. I don't know if they're gonna stay with their interim guy. I hope they do stay with their interim guy, uh, Ryan Saunders. I actually I actually really like him. I think that the t- I mean the team has basically stayed the same since Thibodeau was fired. They've have like the same kind of record. But I think the, I think what's interesting about Saunders is clearly the players really like him. Which should never be a reason to hire a coach. Let me just say that right now, because that's how you get stuck with Earl Earl Watson and in, in Phoenix, because Devin Rex Booker Ryan. liked him. So. But <laughs> but I do think that there is something to be said that the players like having this young guy. He has totally unlocked Carl Anthony Towns. Mm-hmm. He's really seemed to figure out how to use him, and and I'd like to at least give him an off season to be like implement your stuff. Let's see what happens. I think that's a good idea. He comes from. He comes from good stock. He does. You know he does. <laughs> his, 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 fa- his father's Timberwolves royalty. Yeah, even though he got screwed over by uh, another guy who's in in the in the in rumors for a lot of NBA coaching and GM vacancies. We'll get yeah. to. I'll, I'll get to Kevin McHale later. I'm not yeah. done with you, Kevin McHale. So, <laughs> but the, back names, to the, Lakers. the names that are rumored to take over the Lakers job: oh, Jason uh-huh. Kidd and Mark <laughs> Jackson. <laughs> I I'm like I'm pretty sure we've talked about this in the past, mm-hmm. but seriously, has everyone forgotten how bad Jason Kidd was in Milwaukee? He was a train wreck. He like fucked up Giannis for like a year. Like Giannis, I mean, like oh god. Gian, Giannis and him, Giannis and him got along really well. Mm-hmm. But Jason Kidd, just he, their their team on offense was a disaster. What is his style of play? Like, what is when Jason Kidd... Here's a, here's a... Because we were talking about internship interviews earlier. Here's, yep. here's the thing. I'll be, I'll be the, the interviewer, uh, Will, and you can be Jason Kidd. Sure. 
So I'm 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 Magic Johnson. This is the latest right. position. Sure, sure. I'll be Jason Kidd. Uh, here. Hey, Jason, how's it going today? Um, how can you? What can you bring? Tell me about your style of offense and defense. What can you bring to this team that a better coach than you could not? Well, Magic, my my philosophy meshes right with yours. I believe that shooting is overrated in the NBA, and and the bigger you are, the better you are. That's why. That's, that's why when I was in Milwaukee, I started, I started um, uh, Michael Carter Williams, Chris Middleton, Jabari Parker, Giannis, and Greg Monroe. Every guy was above six foot nine, and no one could shoot, and we could pack the paint on defense. Uh, I, Jason, would you be interested in the? in signing with us and then getting traded to the Detroit Pistons for Dwayne Casey. I think you'd love that. (laughs) (laughs) No, the the, the point with Jason Kidd, Jason you look at the way way that Milwaukee plays pre and post Jason Kidd. Mm -hmm. It's not even remotely the same team. It's, I mean, they, there, there was a early in the season last year, he was starting, um, I can't remember who he was starting at point guard because it wasn't Eric Bledsoe. They hadn't traded for him yet, but it was Chris Middleton, Giannis, John, John, it might've been Delvadova, John Henson, and, um, I'm drawing a blank on who the last person was, but anyway, it was, it was just basically four guys that couldn't shoot and Chris Middleton. And he had shooters on their bench. The only difference between the Milwaukee team this year and last year is Brooke Lopez. Mm-hmm. And now and now Milwaukee's like one of the most unstoppable offenses in the league. And they spread the floor with shooters. And yeah, Brooke Lopez is a big part of that. But is but come on. And don't even get me started on Mark Jackson. <laughs> Mark actually, you know what? I am gonna go in on Mark Jackson. Too. All right, let's hear it. Let's hear Mark it. Mark Jackson is the most overrated coach in a while. Yeah, what has Mark Jackson done lately? People, like, people, people, people want to be like, oh, um, I mean, he he's the one that built the Warriors. He's he, he he's he's the one who did it. No, he's the one that was holding back the Warriors. Um, I I okay. He, he developed. I, I he kind developed, of agree and kind he of developed don't. Stephen Clay. I'll give him that, but I don't know That's how much. That, I don't That's know. I don't. Give. I don't know how much of that was their coaching staff because they I happen to have that. a really good developmental staff. I don't think that Clay and Steph were ready to take that. I, I think it's unfair saying that he held them back, though, just because I think Clay and Steph look at they the were way, almost look at ready. The way and I think that played. the year they came, that they won the chip that year. I think that was their year to just take it. I think that was. Well, are you going to tell me? Are you going to tell me that that the difference between Mark Jackson and Steve Kerr being like a twenty-game win difference and a first-round exit versus NBA champion? Isn't even a partly on Mark Jackson? Oh, it's a it's it's a lot on Mark Jackson. I just don't think that he deserves like, like all the blame. It's like it's like if it's like if the um it's like if the uh what what's a good team the, the Nets the Nets miss the playoffs this year don't add a single player and then next year they win the championship or 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 the, or the Nets get out in the first round and then win the championship the next year. Are you going to tell me that you went with a different coach? You wouldn't tell me that, like, wow, thank God we got rid of Kenny Atkinson. I mean, I wouldn't know. I would agree with that. But at the same time, maybe D'Angelo Russell will get even better and become, like, I don't know, fucking well, Zon Tuzi or something. Continue. I mean, Obviously, but, players but, will continue to get better. I'm just st- saying the Golden State core did get better in that in that uh, transition between the years. Yeah, and but didn't also— they add some pieces to their bench? Um, I know they lost— What's his name? Uh, Carl Landry, and it's a gain when you lose Carl Landry. <laughs> Carl Landry was good for them. He was. Yeah, but he, didn't he was fit good. With that. He wouldn't have fit with the the Kerr team. Well, he would not have fit. As far as even was, when they had like David, he got, even had like David Lee coming off the bench, like he he, he would got not he got picked up by um by Sacramento, but. I mean, yeah. I mean, for Golden for Golden State that year, he averaged eleven and seven. I I I mean, this is decent if you're coming off the bench. But anyway, anyway, anyway back to back the, to Mark Jackson. It, it the style of offense. Mark Jackson is the same dude who who also said the analytics are crap. I think didn't the Giants GM say the same thing? 
Uh, <laughs> Dave, Dave Gettleman. Oh my God, is Dave Gettleman terrible? <laughs> Dave Gettleman. Okay, slight football rant. Dave Gettleman pays OBJ. Next year, OBJ would have cost $15 million. They'd already paid his signing bonus. And then he talks about how, well, like it was time to move on and we got a good package. But then you go sign Golden Tate for $10 million. Like, you've already paid the signing bonus. If you were going to trade him, trade him last year before you can... They paid him about $38 million last year. Heist of the century. That guy is just like... Oh my god, he's, he's terrible. Making it up as he goes along. <laughs> and then and then and then and then oh, oh my god. And then they they get rid of Landon Collins. There there's 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 only good or only like really star young player um because they don't want to franchise tag him. And and Dave Gettleman goes on a rant. It's oh, we don't want a box safety. And then do you know who he trades for? A box safety. <laughs> Peppers from the Browns who's a fucking box safety. It's just worse. <laughs> I just enjoy. I'm honestly, I'm at the point in my life where I'm just laughing at the Giants because obviously, you know, your man doesn't watch football over here. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Shout out to Colin Kaepernick. But um, yeah. anyway, I, I find this whole thing very amusing, even just because, like, it, as much of a shit show it seemed that John Gruden was last year. I mean, he he at least got something for like his players. He didn't just like. Yeah, I, I thought I thought it was a mistake <laughs> for him trading, um, or a mistake that he traded Khalil Mack, and I stand by that. Uh-huh. But, I mean, to be fair, he did get Antonio Brown for essentially nothing. But he got Odell too. He should have gotten Odell and Antonio Brown. I, I don't. I wouldn't have loved that. Just traded but, all the picks. Anyway. 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 Back. Sorry. Back to basketball. <laughs> back to basketball. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know where we were going. Yeah, Mark Jackson. <laughs> Look, I don't think they should hire Mark Jackson or um or. Uh, whatever Jason Kidd, I think both would be a mistake. I think they should look at someone else. Look at look at look at one of the many Brad Stevens, Steve Kerr, um, um, Greg Popovich people. Hire someone from college. Just do something that's not. And what the Lakers should yeah. should do, as far as if I if I were Palenka or Magic, what they should do, I I, I think it's they're not going to do this because this is the Lakers at this point. But I think that they should go for some. They can also get some really good PR from this. I think they should hire Hammond, or uh, I think because Ettore oh, is going to step in as a coach for the Spurs next year, right? Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't think Pop is leaving. You don't, I thought Pop was retiring this year. No, did he say that? I thought he did. I don't believe so. I might well, be wrong. If Pop isn't but... retiring, Ettore Messina would be. I think has to be their top guy. I right? agree. I agree. I'd put him above Hammond right now, even though I do think Hammond's good. No, I agree. Uh, I I agree completely. What do you think about the uh, all the people who are on the the Ty Lue train? I mean, I, I I said this at the time when he was the coach of the Cavs. I don't think Ty Lue's very good. I agree. He's just a placeholder. I think I I had a this I had a debate with my boy Irvin. Shouts out Irvin if you're listening. Um, about this a, a week or two ago. As far as I I think that they made I think that David Blatt's a way better coach than Ty Lue. I agree. I will say that to my deathbed. I, I agree. Think David Blatt was a, it was a mistake to fire him. I agree, I and I think that David Blatt should get another chance in the NBA. But one hundred percent sure. Should. But this is but this the is way something the NBA else. is going. It's but this is the reason all these European players aren't busts anymore. Yeah, because of the new way the game is playing. It being yeah. played. Blatt's a perfect no. fit for these guys. Now I want to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Do you think Genie Bus is a good owner? Okay. Um. I think Genie Bus has a really good PR team. I agree. I've had, I've heard, all I've heard about in the last five years was, ah, Jim Bus, what a jackass! Genie Bus, great, great, great. That's yeah. what I've heard in the past five years. But I don't really have any personal. I don't. Like, I've taken I, a lot of journalist classes, even though I don't. I don't I'm not a journalist. I'm from the music industry, but I, I know there's. I don't know if there's any facts to back up that Genie Bus is a good owner. Yeah, and and this was my thing because until recently I was like, yeah, Genie Bus, good owner. But then I was starting to think about it, and it's like, okay, she does. She hired Magic and Palinka, and neither of these guys are great talent evaluators. I I for a very long time thought that this entire Lakers team was LeBron's creation. Mm-hmm. Did you see that clip of Magic Johnson at Summer League? Uh, no. 
Magic Johnson at Summer League was talking about how I meticulously watched and rewatched every game from the postseason, and the one thing I learned is that shooting isn't as important as mental toughness and having <laughs> tough players. He was like, he was like, you look at the teams that were the toughest. Those are the one that advanced. The Cavs, they had tough guys. The Warriors, they had tough guys. The Rockets, the shooting failed them. They didn't have the toughness. The Celtics didn't have the toughness. Uh, now, now, okay. Well, that There's logic, a lot to take away. Was- There's a lot to take away from this rant. That logic, the Knicks with Mason and Oakley should have won like five straight titles. <laughs> and and for the first time, I realized that wow, maybe this Lakers team wasn't created entirely by LeBron. And, and I don't I don't know if I mean you you can agree with me or not. The Celtics were definitely the toughest team. Oh yeah, I agree. In terms of, in terms of whatever. Um, as you don't want to get in a fight with. Yeah. So if he wants to talk about toughness winning and shooting losing, explain to me why Golden State was in the finals and whatever. But I get what he's saying about shooting. Houston missed 27 straight threes or 24 straight threes. Celtics missed like 17 or 18 straight threes. And, and those were both in game sevens. That ultimately cost both of them the game. But if anything, shouldn't that t- show you how important shooting is? Yeah, it's 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 just stupid. It's stupid. I, he was saying this, and I was like, "Are you kidding me?" So she, so so, so Jeannie Buston hired the best basketball minds. But here's here's another thing that's important. Mm-hmm. How does this get better for the Lakers? Like like like, who is the magical free agent that they're getting? These are the top free agents this summer: Durant, Kawhi, Kyrie, Kemba, Clay. Jimmy, Demarcus, Tobias well, Harris, Nikola Vucevic, Chris Middleton, D'Angelo Russell, Julius like, Randle. <laughs> it's like, it's like who on earth? Like, like, like Durant not going to the Lakers. Kawhi not going to the Lakers. Kyrie most likely not going to the Lakers. Kemba probably not going to the Lakers. Clay not going to the Lakers. Demarcus, maybe Jimmy, maybe. Okay, but those are your saviors. Let me get. Uh, uh, let me let me do some free agency crystal balling here. Uh, okay. I think that I don't think Boogie's going to the Lakers because I think he's going to the Knicks. I was thinking about this the other day. I I think you know there's a you can one by studying history can learn a lot about the future, right? Okay. I look at Boogie this offseason, and I've never seen a more classic Knicks signing in my life. No, I agree. Possib- probably past his prime. Check. Questionable locker room guy. Check. Injuries. Still hurt. Check. <laughs> yeah. But well, like, I, I don't, I don't think he's sense. going there. Like, I don't think he's going there just because I think that uh, that um, uh, Durant yeah. is going there. But that's a topic for another time. But no, I think no, no, no. Yeah, but I, I think that um, Jimmy Butler is is I. It's it's weird to say this, but I think Jimmy Butler is the best case scenario for the Lakers this season. <sighs> this offseason, I think that Jimmy I, Butler I is. Want him. I know I wouldn't want Jimmy Butler either. But well, that's I, I want him over Kemba. About, I'm talking about Kemba. Well, no, Forty-five million dollars. No, Thirty-four. I agree, but I'm saying who's the guy that's walking through the door? Look at the free agents available in 2020. Let's say they strike out on all the guys this year. These are the guys. These are the best guys available in 2020. Kyle Lowry, um, Eric Gordon, Ugh. Iguodala, Danilo Gallinari, Ugh. Draymond Green, Ugh. Serge Ibaka, Ugh. Tristan Thompson. Ah, uh, Jordan Simmons, Simmons, out. J- Tristan Thompson needs to come to LA, bro. Ben <laughs> Simmons and Jamal Murray are restricted free agents, so that's not happening. Jalen Brown, Buddy Heald, restricted free agents. Um, Joe Harris. Player, player, Joe player, Harris. Player options. Mike Conley is a player option. DeMar DeRozan, player option. Batum, player option. Gordon Hayward. Anthony Davis, Andre Drummond. Uh, well, I have a question. I have a hard question for you. Okay. Do you think that. Nicholas Batum will opt into his player option. Let's see. The player option is for $27.5 million. He'll be 33 <laughs> years old. 
I, I think I think he's gonna try to sign a better. No, I'm kidding. Obviously, he's gonna <laughs> but out of all the guys they just listed besides Anthony Davis, who is that second max guy for LeBron? It, it has to be Jimmy Butler, I think. And I, here's the thing: Jimmy Butler is is not. It's not even that Jimmy Butler is ruining three locker rooms in two years. Is uh, is is that much of a concern? Three locker rooms. Even that's yeah. Even even if it's a con- even that is a big concern. But I was thinking like the 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 Tibbs miles on Jimmy Butler are really bad. Yeah, like I wouldn't want Jimmy really Butler. Bad. Like it's it's like when it's it's like a it's like someone with like a really big body count. Like, <laughs> well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Jimmy, Jimmy Butler. Butler Jimmy Butler right now is 29 years old. It's like dating someone who's been with Charlie Sheen for a few years. <laughs> it's just, it's just like there's definitely something there that's just that you really want yeah, to stay. I wouldn't. <laughs> By the start of the next season, Jimmy Butler is going to be 30. Yeah, I would not want because him. of the of all the practices that he had to go through. <laughs> yeah, so now Jimmy Butler is essentially 33. Now, for a while, I thought that they they would be able to maybe trade for like a Bradley Beal or someone like that. But now, I want, but think about who they have available to trade. Mm-hmm. Um, now, think about what's going on with Brandon Ingram. He doesn't have that much value anymore, mm-hmm. and it's sad to say that, but it's true. And I'm just not sure how they could make that if I'm a team and I'm trading Bradley Beal or Anthony Davis I'm not trading him for a potentially might have potentially might not be able to ever play basketball again Brandon Ingram potentially might die if he plays basketball Brandon Ingram Blood like, it's, are it's, a big it's a, thing yeah it's serious I just I, I would, put a little like I would, I would not trade bad. for someone with blood clots like yeah. un- until I know that they are fully healthy and okay, it's just it's too risky. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then on top of that, these these are these are who they'd have available to trade next. This is if they were going to trade a player this offseason, this is who they have available: Lonzo making nine million dollars, and then twelve million the year after that. Okay. Brandon Ingram making seven million dollars next year. Um, Kyle Kuzma with only one more year left on his deal. Okay. Josh Hart with only one more year left on his deal, both of them for $2 million. Now, they don't have any money to put into deals anymore. And and remember, if you're trading for Brandon Ingram or Kyle Kuzma or Josh Hart with one more year left on their deal, that means that you're also committing to paying them. Yep. And that's not something that I would necessarily feel comfortable doing. Yeah. Like, like Kuzma is going to be twenty four to start next season. Mm-hmm. He pretty much is what he is at this point. Like I was, he's not. He's to... not going to get drastically better. Josh Hart will be twenty five to start next season. And like I was thinking the other day, and actually Hart is 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 a lot less appealing this year. I mean, he's shooting thirty four percent, thirty three point six percent exactly from three. Yeah, and for for someone like him, that's shooting is his calling card. And though he hit about 40% last year. This is it's a big decline and he's playing more minutes per game this year. Yeah. Still averaging the seven for the, the same amount of points and with less rebounds. Like it's it's I now, mean I, I can't blame him for that, but it, it, it's I I I still like Hart, but it's for the age he is. Now also it's not a now good also sign. looking at their salary sheet though. They don't have that big money contract that they could add to Alonzo. So let's say let's say they were going to trade for Lonzo or they were going to trade for Anthony Davis, and they needed to trade and balance out salaries. Mm-hmm. They don't have the salary to balance it out anymore. Do you know what would have helped? Not waving Luel Dang. Uh, so wow. now, for the next three years after this, they're still paying Luel Dang $5 million a year. If they had Oof. kept him for one more year after this, now they also have a piece that, that you can use as an expiring contract in a deal. There's so many things that Magic has done wrong that it's not even that it's not even like it's not even believable. Well, it doesn't. It, the Louisville Dang contract is only wrong now. At the time, it didn't at the time seem that I thought bad. no. At the time, I hated it too because I was like, really? he, I was like, two more years on his deal. 
they basically they they basically cut him or uh, waived him this year so they could sign Rondo for nine million and KCP for twelve million. Well, originally did well. Well, here's the question: Did they illuminate me on this? Um, did they waive him after they missed on George or not? No, before. Okay, then I can understand it. Then but, I can. I'll, I'll but, give that. I'll give that that move a C. I'll but give they it a already. C. But they already knew that George hadn't scheduled given them a meeting. Oh, okay. Then that's different. Then, I mean, then I agree with you. I agree with you. Then I I thought that they still like the 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 like. George coming was still a real possibility. No, and no, clearly he had he had so. put the curve on them by by that time. Anyway, anyway, let's get let's get into our next topic here. Actually, let me say oh, one yeah? quick thing. Sure. I was listening to the to the Simmons in Russillo podcast the other day. Sure. And I thought it was a really good point that Simmons said about Kyle Kuzma that that three four like like sixteen seventeen points a game kind of guy is now really kind of one of the most replaceable guys in the NBA. Yeah. And I, and when I'm trading someone like, I mean, Bradley Beal or even, even AD, I'm trying to get someone back that is not irreplaceable, but like matters more than someone in that same vein as Kuzma. Like, yeah, I mean, I, Kuzma, I mean, Kuzma's, Kuzma's am I wrong a bad to say def- that I would rather Kuzma's just a like bad defender that can't shoot threes and like, doesn't get a lot of rebounds. Like, wouldn't you just rather sign like Rudy Gay on the cheap this summer yes. than have Kuzma? Yes, Kyle Kuzma is is going to be twenty four or twenty five years old. I forgot what I just said. He is a four that only gets five rebounds a game, can't hit threes, and can't play defense. I just yeah. I think I just think that he's too I'd almost rather sign Jabari Parker then for for a minimum deal uh, and pay okay. Kyle Kuzma 15. I just no, feel like there's, there's there's better uses for salary cap than that. No, I agree. But we got to get on to the next topic. Anyway, our next topic, March Madness is going on. We've been watching a few of the games. We have some opinions on the top 5 or so players. We're going to be talking about Zion, RJ Barrett, Cam Reddish, um who am I forgetting here? DeAndre Hunter and John Morant. John Morant, duh, John Morant. <laughs> so we're gonna talk about kind of where where we think they fit in in the NBA, what we like, what we don't like. Let's start off with Zion. And we're looking at this through an NBA perspective. We're not talking about like how oh, they are I think now. Duke is gonna make the Final Four. Boom, boom, boom. No, we're not, we're, we're, we're talk- not talking about that. I'm not. Even though Northeastern had a game, and I watched the game, they got the, they got uh, smacked by yep. Kansas. <laughs> but uh, I'm I'm not like that, you know, that, that weirdo dude who's like with like the face paint shirtless at the games and stuff. I'm not I'm not like a school spirit guy like that. So yeah, yeah we're we're looking at this from a, from an NBA perspective only. Yeah. So starting off, Zion Williamson, uh, twenty three points a game, nine rebounds. Obviously, he's going to be the number one pick in the draft. I I am so high on Zion for so many reasons. Um, number obviously he should be the number one pick in the draft. Yes, that's that's not a that's a my dream. Point. My dream place for him is Atlanta. I agree. I would I would love to see him with Trey Young. Uh, I think that he can work with John Collins, especially because John Collins is actually a pretty good three point shooter. Mm-hmm. Um. I you think can put that... him on the floor with someone like Herder to space the floor too. Yep. Um, I'm a big Torian Prince fan, actually. Atlanta's just got, and they've got another. Do they have another top five pick? Uh, well, they have. They they'll have Dallas's pick if it's outside of the top five. Okay, so they they might have another lottery pick. I mean, it's this this Hawks team is. It's not. I, I if they get Zion, they're not just the oh, the Hawks are a really fun league pass team next year. No, the no, Hawks are going to be a team. playoff team. The Hawks yeah. are a playoff team next year if they get him. And yeah. personally, with the, the thing that's been so fun about March Madness to me is because I'm not, I'm going to be honest, I don't watch like college basketball until this time of the year. Like, yeah, what am I going to do? Like, on, on Tuesday night, watch like Miami, Florida. No, I'm not going to do that. Like, what, what do you think I am? But, yeah. <laughs> but uh, this was actually the first, the, the second, because obviously I, I watch like YouTube highlights like the rest of normal people. Yeah. But um, I this was the second full game that I saw Zion because I remember seeing him uh, and I, I remember seeing Duke versus Gonzaga earlier this year. I remember seeing yeah. that game. But um, anyway, it, 
Zion is one of those guys, you know, and we don't want to spend too much time on him because, I mean, he's fucking Zion, but, yeah. you know, he's just, there's no one I've seen more athletic in his body. I mean, he, no, and no. there's other stuff too, you know, he knows how to move without the ball. Um, he, he's like, Zion, he's like Zion weirdly has... crafty in ways on offense. Like he, he has these like kind of instinctive moves that you don't, that you don't um, expect, but. He reminds me, he reminds me a lot of Blake Griffin. Mm-hmm. Um, only a probably much better version of Blake Griffin. And bear in mind, Blake Griffin is still like 26 and nine. Like Blake Griffin is a really good player. Second team all NBA this year. Yeah, probably. But I feel like what separates Zion is that I think that he could also be like a multiple, a multiple time defensive player of the year. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think you absolutely have to draft him. Number one, if he busts, then the entire world is wrong and no GM is getting, you don't get fired for passing on, or sorry, you don't get fired for Zion busting. You get fired for passing on Zion. At the same time though, I'm not completely putting it out of the, the league, the, the idea that Zion's a bust. Well, I, no, I don't no, think you, he's a bust, you, you, but at you the can same never, time, you can oh, never entirely rule that out for anyone. Dude, does everybody remember what Markel Fultz was? Everybody was like, Markel Fultz is a sure thing, number one. Like, I, I, I don't well, even... That, I, I, I mean, yeah, but that, that was reasons that, like, we can't even begin to comprehend. Obviously, but that's but, the, that's just the way of the world sometimes. The world works in mysterious ways sometimes. Sometimes a, a sure thing isn't a sure thing. But but anyway, like, I, I do have to say, though, his, his one-on-one def- one on defense is a bit spotty. He has to get better at that, but that's that's very get-better-at-able, you know? He, yeah. can, he can definitely do that with, with the athleticism he has, but... Uh, I, I where's, mean, your, where's your worst case scenario for him going? Uh, mine, mine, mine is Chicago. Um, I, I agree. I agree. We'll get to Phoenix later. I don't think Phoenix is a great fit for him. I don't really think that he and Aiton are are a nice fit together. No, but not, I, not, the not idea, the greatest, but I like him I, with Booker. And here's the thing: I love marketing. I, I've been very vocal on this podcast saying how how wrong I was about marketing. I was I'm a big so Markkinen wrong fan. about marketing. Marketing is and fantastic. I, and I'm, and I'm, I and I'm still very high on Wendell Carter. I love him. Yes, I like Carter too. But at the same time, like, I think Jim Boylan's going to try to play the three of them together. Yeah, and that's <laughs> what I was thinking. I just don't it's see not it not a good idea. <laughs> All right, the, the, the next player, next player, dropped a triple-double in, the first, in his first March Madness game. Point guard, John Morant. Yeah. John and Morant. That was, that was the very first, like, Almost like Zion, that was the very first full game I saw of him that wasn't highlights. In- incredibly impressed. He was fantastic. Yeah, this I mean this year this year John Morant, twenty five, six and ten. Mm-hmm. He has been phenomenal. And honestly, in any non Zion year, he's easily the number one pick. Mm-hmm. And again, I don't particularly love his jump shot. Oh, I'm oh I'm getting his jump shot form is not very good. He brings the ball up. He shoots it from too low. He needs to get like, and he does a good job of it, but he needs space between him and the yeah. defender to get that off. And against players against with bigger wingspans, especially yeah. if maybe like more twos guard him in the pros, that, that's just going to get blocked sometimes. Now going to get blocked sometimes. He is fast. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, he, he'll come into the NBA next year, and I think that instantly it's him and De'Aaron Fox as the two fastest players. Mm-hmm. I agree, and he's and the thing that stuck out to me about Morant is that uh, Lake Zion, he in a top five pick. One of my criteria is that a top five pick needs to jump off the screen to me. Yes, I and he does. Even even someone like Jaron Jackson, he he didn't just blend into the background, even though he wasn't. He's not one of the you know. I mean, he's not obviously not the most jump off the screen guy in, in history, but at least no. I think I think I think for a top three pick, you need to be you need to be. In your mind, thinking this guy can be the best player on a championship team. I agree, and in this in this generation, I'm I'm not going to talk about players being selfish or whatnot, obviously, because I, if players are selfish, good for them. I don't give I don't give a fuck. But anyway, like Morant is not someone who's just going to like ball hog as a point guard. Like he's a true no, no, he's a passer. He's a true point guard. He knows how to find his teammates. And where's your where's your perfect fit for him? He knows how to bring the best out of his teammates. Uh, my perfect fit for Morant is honestly, this is a, this is an almost impossible question to answer because every team in the top five that isn't the Dallas Mavericks, if they can get lucky, if the Mavericks yep. get lucky, I love the idea of him and Luca. I yep. love that idea. That'd be cool. But John Luca and Porzingis. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I saw I saw a highline the other day that said uh, Ja Rules. <laughs> <laughs> Clever. <laughs> Anytime there's a Ja Rule reference, I'm so lost. I'm happy for that. I think I think I think my best case scenario for him is Phoenix. Okay, I agree. And the problem is, is that I don't think Phoenix well, is a best I don't, case I don't, scenario. Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't trust Phoenix developing him. But oh, I think Phoenix will fuck him up somehow. Probably. Like I think, I think that like basketball, I think he'd fit very well with Booker and An. I agree. If you're if, if Phoenix wants to do like a running gun style, like if if they want to put. If they want to get a four who can shoot threes, the idea of putting Morant, Booker, Bridges, that guy, and Aiton is, is a desirable thing. That's a yeah. desirable thing. But here's the problem with the Suns. They, uh, this, this week, they supposedly are considering for their opening their, their, to replace James Jones as interim GM, even though James Jones might actually get the job. Even yep. though he's, done a, I think, a very, a, not a good job this year. But they're considering... Kevin McHale and Jim Paxson. <laughs> yeah, neither, neither, neither are great fits. Insane. People forget. I was watching like the NBA Jump on on YouTube because not that I like actually value their opinions, but it's just amusing to see like what Scottie Pippen will screw up next. As far as <laughs> you said, like a month ago, the Nets were a lottery team. <laughs> like, well, like he might Scottie be right. Pippen. He might be right. <laughs> Don't say that too soon. Scottie Pippen clearly just doesn't watch basketball. And he was talking about how fantastic a coach and GM Kevin McHale is and how much he would love to see him in Phoenix. And I was like, Scotty Pippen, or have you been alive the past 10 years? Let me just say for our fans, because I've already told some of this to Will, but I'm going to take 30 seconds to rattle off the list of sins of Kevin McHale's Timberwolves tenure. First of all, he once cost his team three first-rounders because he tried to sign Joe Smith to a max contract under the table. He gave yep. forty million dollars. I, I I think it was forty million a piece to Marco Yarich and Troy Hudson. Signed Michael Michael Oluwakandi and Eddie Griffin. Wasted Rashad McCants. He drafted Nadudi Ebi and William Avery. Traded Ray Allen for Stephon Marbury. Traded for Rookie Davis, who in the majority of the season he traded him for took more shots than KG. Drafted Brandon Roy and traded on, him on draft night for Randy Foy. He did have the Cassell Sprewell KG team, but he wasted KG and got. Little to nothing in return for him, even though Al Jefferson did end up being good. Shouts out to Al Jefferson. That's Kevin McHale's Timberwolves tenure. Why does Kevin McHale deserve another job? And and let me say real quick, not. because Jim Paxson, nobody knows who the fuck Jim Paxson is. You know why? Because nobody should know who Jim Paxson is. Because he screwed up that Cavs organization so bad that they got LeBron. Jim Paxson is the reason LeBron is a, is a Cleveland Cavalier. Not Dan Gilbert, not any anybody who recruited him or Kyrie Irving. No, it's Jim Paxson. Because no, he and, and, you, and you don't say that in a good way. Jim Paxson once spent a quarter of the pa- Cavs payroll on Ilgowskis. He traded a first-round pick for Yuri Welsh. He gave a big contract to Whit- Ricky Davis. He took Dewan Wagner in the draft because they had Andre Miller, who he then traded for Darius Miles. <laughs> Yeah, he gave Kevin Ollie fifty million dollars once. Now Luke Jackson and Trajan Langdon, and then drafted Jamal Crawford before trading him for Chris Mim, and lost to Boozer for nothing. Now I'm done. Okay. <laughs> now <laughs> no, they're both they're both bad. All it's right, cool. the next the next player, R.J. Barrett. Barrett like Zion for me. It was my second time seeing him, and Barrett like the other two. He does jump off the screen for me. Barrett, there, there is more I bust agree. potential, I think, with Morant or or Williamson because Barrett has shown in the uh, in the past, despite being on a, a team with the best player in the country and another yep. top five pick, that he will take hella shots and doesn't give a shit if you don't like it or not. There's yep. definitely some Zach Levine in this game, um, yep. but at the now, same I- time, I think at the same time, I think there is also a lot of James Harden in his game because yep. he understands he's a, he's a good passer. He he's a good passer. He gets a contact he gets, very he, well for someone his age. Now that's that's the problem though. He's a pretty bad free throw shooter, so that's yes. going to have to get better. And and one of the things that you look at when you're trying to decide, like, hey, how will this guy be as a three point shooter? Is you look at their free throw percentage, and either his three point or his free throw is very good. Mm-hmm. He gets a lot of turnovers. He he's I worry about him potentially on defense because he's got kind of a small wingspan, mm-hmm. but. I think that his scoring ability is is legit, and unfortunately, I could very easily see him being Rodney Hood. Hmm. But, I agree. 
But I think that if you're drafting third overall and you have a chance to take R.J. Barrett, you do it over any other player in the draft just because I think that he could also very easily be a lights-out scorer. He has that potential. He has a very smooth game. I agree. R.J. Barrett, is he's a, he's a true two-guard. He is a true scoring shooting guard. The problem with that is, though, is it gives me, in the words of Stephen A., cause to pause about his fits in the top five because I yep. think R.J. needs a true point guard. I, I mean, like someone like John Morant would be perfect, obviously, but like he, he needs a true point guard who's not gonna who's gonna be okay with running plays for him and getting him the ball. The problem is with the top five is that does any of those teams have a point guard that isn't Trey Young? That's what I was gonna say, Trey Young. And um, he's the best. He's the best fit for the Hawks, though. I I, I believe that that the idea, even though that that is another two guard for them, I still think you can play Young Barrett Herder. Yeah. With uh, and, Collins, and with Collins and Collins and or something, who knows? Yeah, but get, get whoever the fuck at the center. I actually think the Hawks should try to get Brook Lopez this offseason. I think that's that's their that's yeah, the next I think, step I for them. I don't think Milwaukee's letting him go. Yeah, I don't think so right. either. Next but. player, next player, Cam Reddish, rounding out the uh, the Duke trio here. Cam Reddish. Now we have kind of different opinions on Cam Reddish. Um. If you're drafting Cam Reddish, you're going to be disappointed by a lot of what he does. He he is shockingly Jeff Green. On offense. On offense. Now, defensively, I think this dude is a potential game changer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you watch him on, on defense. He gets steals. He has he has a, like a seven-foot-two wingspan. Nah. He, I mean, he shuts people down, and I actually really like Cam Reddish just because of that. I agree with that. He's 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 so long and he's he's agile too. Um, the problem yeah. with him on defense though is he's picked up a lot of fouls. He fouled out of, I believe, I think he fouled out of uh, the he last does. the Duke UCF game. He does. Um, and the problem with it, even though, but but he is very active on defense, and I think that no matter what, actually, I think he'll become a Paul George esque type of defender. I yeah, think it could be that, that, but the problem is, is that, like we said, there's a lot of Jeff Green on offense for him yeah, as far he, as he... Now, now this at, year... As a top five pick, I don't want to wonder where you are in the game. I want to be like, yeah. okay, Cam Reddish, there so, he is. So, so here's what we know about Cam Reddish. Out of every player that's projected to be a first-round pick this year, mm-hmm. he has the lowest field goal percentage of any player in the paint. That's bad. Out of every player over the last five years... I believe he's like the second lowest. That's bad. Doug McDermott shot 15 points percentage higher in the paint than he did. That's bad. That's really bad. <laughs> that's that's very, that's maybe very apprehensive. I was already apprehensive on Reddish, but like, shit. I mean, my yeah, my thing is he just doesn't jump off the screen. And when now, he's, he's not, he's not a great free throw shooter. He's not a good three point shooter. He's not a very good field goal percentage. He's a, he's shooter. a pretty good. He's a pretty good three point shooter. I mean, when his the thing is with him, well, though, he's only thirty three percent this when year. When his shot looks good, it's great, and when it doesn't, it's ugly. He's the he's, he's is, been very hot and cold. I worry that. about him is that some team is going to be expecting like a star, and they're going to get a three and D guy if he can get the three. If he can get the three, I'm, I, I don't. I don't. I don't love Cam Reddish. I, I think that. I think that if he went to like, like similar, similar to like what happened with with Jalen and Jason Tatum on the on the Celtics, if he got drafted by the Mavericks and wasn't asked to score because now you now you're behind Luca and and Porzingis and all he's being asked to do is defend. I would like him in that kind of situation. I agree. He hasn't really shown the the. I don't know if he can or not because I mean he's the third best player. Despite being on his team, despite being a top five pick, he hasn't yep. been asked to create his own shot. But I don't know if he can. And yeah. the thing with these top five teams is most of them are going to be like you said, like okay, you're you're the top, you're the number four pick. Like what the fuck are you doing? Get off the yeah. bench. Like score for us. What, yeah. are you, what are you doing? And the, and we'll put a lot of pressure on him. At the same time, this kid is nineteen, and I think that he could be a really good player when he's twenty two or twenty three. But I don't see yeah, it next, I, just, I don't see next year being like oh Cam Cam Reddish. Here's, 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 here. <laughs> what I worry what I worry about with Cam Reddish is that he gets drafted, maybe maybe the Knicks fall to fourth in the draft or something. And now that now they're taking Cam Reddish and everyone's like oh he's going to savior. No, he's not. Yeah. Now the I, next player next player we're going to talk about DeAndre Hunter. Basically the same player as Cam Reddish. 
even though he's shot, uh, two shot older. 40, 42% from the arc this year. 40%, 42% from three this year. That's yeah, different. I, I like... I like DeAndre Hunter. I think that DeAndre, there's there's a chance that at the end of this draft we're looking back and DeAndre Hunter plays for the most amount of years out of anyone in this draft. Yeah, I agree. He'd be I, like I could, PC could, Green or something. You know? I could very easily see him having like a 16, 17 year career. Mm-hmm. But it won't be as a star. I agree. For 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 a top five pick, despite him not being in the top three, he he, he also I think he needs to jump off the screen a little more for me. But the problem with Hunter is is that he's a finished product, which is good, but at the same time, like I, I don't really know how much upside he has in the pro game. Yeah, he's, think, he's, a, he's, he's a good a, three and D guy already. He's a perfect three and D guy, and he's, he's a plug a and play type of guy. Good three point shooter. I don't think he's DeAndre Hunter is going to be bad anywhere. No, no, I don't think he's going to be a bad player at all. I could see him very easily averaging 14 points a game for a team in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But I just, I don't see him averaging 20 points a game. And, and that's okay. It's I just, again, him, again, if you're, if you're drafting like Kuzma, top, if he's a better defender, I could, I can see like a good defending Kuzma kind of offensive player in his game. So, so you have or to play he, him. You he have could, to play him. Do like 17, 18 a night. I could see that. No, he doesn't. He's not a good rebounder. Mm-hmm. He doesn't get a lot of steals. But other than that, there's really not much to dislike about him. He is a good shooter. He mm-hmm. doesn't turn the ball over. He's actually a pretty good passer. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 one of the advantages of drafting someone that's a little bit older is that they're going to be able to contribute right away. So again, he's someone that that if they went to that if he went to somewhere like. Uh, um, Atlanta or uh, Dallas or somewhere like somewhere that. Like Sacramento, maybe. Or Sacramento, yeah, that would be it. Well, Sacramento doesn't have their pick. Celtics do. Oh, but, true, 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 true. But that would be a good fit. Plus, he's but he's like six seven, two twenty five. Like he's ready. If he, gets, if he gets drafted by the Cavs or the Knicks or the Bulls, I don't love that. And he he plays big. You know, he he knows how to use his body. Yeah. Um. And he, he's played, even though he's six seven, he's played a lot of the four in college. Like he's he's shown versatility. But yeah. I think we both stand on the same on the same plane as as him. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we're gonna wrap it up there. Uh, next episode, we'll talk more of kind of about what's going on in March Madness. Talk about a few different players. Mm-hmm. Um, we have we have some opinions about some sleepers and some people that that might be that might be drafted a little bit lower than they should. So. Plenty hey, to talk about there. Every year, a bunch of people whiff in the first round, and a bunch of people strike gold in the second round. Like, shout out to my Rodion's Cool Roots. You know, yeah. some Brooklyn in the building. So there's a ton of those players every year. So we'll make sure to, to let you guys know so you can be that person with your friends. Yeah, like, okay, uh, Admiral Schofield, he's fucking that's, that's good. That's my dude. That's yeah, my yeah, dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, now, right now he's projected <laughs> to be like a mid-second round pick. I... I'll, I'll get into Admiral Schofield in another Kabengale. episode. I'm pretty high K- in him. Kabengale is good. I like him. <laughs> so we know what to do is thank you yeah. guys for supporting on the regular. Um, I'm saying we got more good content coming for you guys in the future. All right. Yeah. Thanks for listening. We'll uh, we'll talk to you guys later. Later.